There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to the episode 13 of the Digital Freemason podcast for January 23rd, 2006. I'm your host, Scott. I'll be taking you along on my journey through the world of short Masonic edu- educational papers. Many of these papers have been presented in my lodge, King George Lodge Number 59, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. If you have any other pieces of Masonic education that you think might be useful in this podcast, please feel free to email them to me. As well, any ideas, thoughts, or feedback, my email address is podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com. I look forward to hearing from you as we journey through the world of digital Masonic education. So for this piece, uh, it's going to be a quick, short little piece here. It's been uh, one of those weeks, and uh, to top it all off, uh, under the weather. So just picked something out here that was fairly short. Just should be a couple pages here, a little bit shorter than normal. So with that, we'll get on to it. It's a piece that was done by Right Worshipful Brother Thompson. It's entitled Obligations. A man for the first time approaches the altar of Freemasonry. There, in due form, he takes it upon himself, the solemn and weighty obligation which unites him in the fraternity. Free from all material bonds, he kneels at the altar, still in darkness. As he kneels and waits anxiously for the Masonic light that he has so long desired, and which at last is about to be dawned upon him, he hears a voice which addresses him through the darkness. My brother, for be that sacred appellation I now address you. My brother, what joy, pride, and satisfaction comes to the heart of the newly obligated Freemason when for the first time he hears himself addressed as such. If indeed he has been truly prepared in the heart, if the solemn truths that Freemasonry intend to impress upon the minds of its votaries have been properly emphasized by dignified and serious rendering of the ritual, the recently inducted Freemason feels that he has entered upon a new relationship towards men. By the time the work of conferring the degree has been completed, he looks on the world in a new light, and from a new standpoint. He leaves the lodge filled with a great ambition to live the principles of his profession. He is prepared to call all Freemasons brothers, and to treat them as such. The good opinion of the order that that he had previously conceived has been strengthened, since the idea of the Masonic Brotherhood is a real and blessing thing, has been more firmly fixed in the mind by the careful preparation and the serious conferring of the degree. He goes out into the world expecting to find his new relationship a sacred trust. How quickly in many cases he is doomed to disappointment. He soon finds that his conception is false. Generally, after a few months of Masonic experience, the Freemason discovers that the term, my brother, is not a sacred appellation. He learns that it is often nothing more than a ceremonial form of address. He sees in actual life that by far greater proportion of Freemasons fail to put into practice those ideas that would make the Brotherhood a sacred reality. He finds Freemasons taking advantage of Freemasons. He sees them preying upon each other, trying to injure one another, and often absolutely indifferent to another's welfare. His high opinion of Freemasonry as a sacred Brotherhood vanishes, and with it disappears his own and laudable ambition. He watches the conduct of other Freemasons in the world. He governs himself accordingly, and the type of unbrotherly Freemason is perpetuated. The word brotherhood implies obligations, rights, and privileges, and our brotherhood can only be sacred and real when its obligations are fulfilled, its rights granted, and its privileges claimed. There are two types of obligations, 
positive and negative. Our brotherhood lies upon the commands and prohibitions. It is necessary to enumerate them. It suffices to say that whatever common humanity requires us to do or refrain from doing towards our fellow men, we are doubly bound to observe towards our brother Freemasons. For an open lodge, we have bound ourselves to do so. And generally speaking, most of us make some effort to fulfill these obligations. Every member of the, our fraternity has certain claims upon us that are his by right. These are beautifully summed up in our ritual, which explain the five points of fellowship. I think I am justified in saying that the majority of us are willing to grant to our brother his rights upon demand. Our brotherhood gives privileges by exercising those privileges in, in a most delicate manner. It is here that the sacredness of brotherhood lies, namely, in the exercise of, of the privileges it grants. It is here that Freemasonry fails most completely, and as a result our brothers do not enjoy all of his rights. And only partially fulfill our we only partially fulfill our obligation. Some of the Masonic privileges as well are defined in our ritual. It is our privilege to whisper into the ear of a brother good counsel and remind him in the most tender manners of his faults. But the privilege I wish to emphasize is an undefined one, and one that is not often exercised. It is our privilege under certain circumstances to inquire regarding our brother's worldly welfare. How, rare, how rarely we do this, and yet how often we know that our brothers must be in difficulties. Times can be hard, business can be bad, work is, can be scarce, and our observations tell us that our brothers' circumstances are straitened. We must know to find it hard to provide for those that are, depend on him. But so long as he refrains from appealing for help, we show no interest in his affairs. We force him into the uncomfortable and degrading position of having to appeal to us before we give him his rights and fulfill our obligations. It is just here that the spirit of true brotherhood may shine most brightly, if we exercise the privilege I have named. We show our fortunate brothers that we have a real interest in him. We make him feel that we are able to look beyond the petty differences of our own lives and see the real trouble in the lives of others. To answer the call of our brother for help is an obligation. We dare not shut our ears when our brother is forced to cry, to find out for ourselves if our brother is in need, and to offer, before it is sought, that promised assistance is one of the grand privileges that makes Freemasonry a sacred brotherhood. But you say, how can I pry into my brother's private affairs? If I make inquiries of this kind, he will, in all probability, be insulted, and tell me to mind my own business. Well, of course, there are different ways of exercising this privilege. A true man, when in difficulties, does not care to advertise the fact. He withdraws within to himself and tries to cover his position by brave outward show. So will a distressed brother. But if the brotherhood be a sacred thing to you, as Freemasonry intends it to be, it is true spirit. its true spirit will be so apparent that you will soon be pertinent to all the reserves of your unfortunate brothers. His suspicions will soon vanish, and you will be admitted into the sacred chamber of his inmost thoughts, and you yourself will be made to feel the blessedness of your Masonic privileges. And so, brethren, I ask you not for more rigid observance of your obligation, nor yet for a more generous recognition of your brother's rights. I plead for a more general exercise of the fraternal privilege, so that a new, newly made Freemason may find the appellation of my brother to actually mean something real and sacred, and when he leaves the lodge room full of enthusiastic hope, high ambition, and pride in his new relationship, and some comes in contact 
with the Freemason of the world, he will find that after all it is not merely a society depending on the fulfillment of obligations and the recognition of rights, but a sacred brotherhood where each seeks the welfare of others equally with his own. When no brother's heart can ache without his brother's knowledge and sympathy, where kindness lives unbound, where disinterested counsel and wise admonitions come unsought, and where brotherly hands offer relief before the heart often distressed can formulate or voice its utter for an appeal of an aid. Let us all be true and faithful to the sacred trust reposed in us. Let us ever keep before us the solemn obligations we have assumed, carrying out in our daily lives the beautiful lessons and excellent precepts constantly inculcated, performing faithfully the three great duties taught us on the very threshold of Freemasonry, and withal, brethren, cultivating the cheery disposition and optimistic spirit. Thus, we dispense pleasure and happiness all about us, and so fulfill one of the most important functions of our institution. So there it is, Right Worshipful Brother Thompson's thoughts on obligations. A little bit of a different spin than uh, I know I'm used to hearing when it comes to what obligations and Freemasonry are all about, but... Uh, Thinking back onto it, I think he puts it into some really good words. Uh, one of the things that we need to keep in mind and one of the things we need to keep doing. So I'm not going to trifle you anymore with my uh, my sickly voice and my scatterbrain talk. So I will wrap this one up very briefly, very quickly. And I hope that uh, next week I'll be uh, back at it with a little bit better quality, a little bit longer piece and uh, much better health. So until then, I wish you all the best in health and uh, have yourself a wonderful week.